Can somebody tell me what the Sam Hill is going on around here? Well, we can, sir. Well, who are you? With a Talk nerdy to me. Squad. Oh, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Welcome to my nightmare. You like scary movies? Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? There are things that go bump in the night. Listen to them, children of the night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What music they make! You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. Rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Number one, you can never have sex. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Bad rum, red rum. Number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Here's Johnny! I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Matthew! Miranda! Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'll be right back! Oh my gosh, it is another Wednesday in October, which means we get to play the super sweet intro, which is pretty awesome. It bums me out that there's only two more times of that left, and then we have to wait another 11 months ah. to play it again. So it's it's bittersweet. It's it's bittersweet, but you know what? We'll just enjoy it while it's here. We'll have to uh, amp up the uh, the regular intro so it's uh, yeah. you know, not quite so... Uh traumatic to think about the cool one <laughs> right yeah cuz it is it is it is a little sad to to get rid of that one it bums me out a little bit but it's okay um you know three of the four of us are here this week you might notice that uh we are we're short one nerd Koran is on special assignment this week. Yeah, so shed some dead weight, if you want to look at it that way. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I can see it, because he's never going to hear it. Wow. He's been going back and listening to uh, other episodes, though, so he, he actually might Well, now. good. We're going to bring this one back, then. Koran, if you come up to me and say, rubber baby buggy bumpers in the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger, I've got a crisp dollar bill with your name on it. That's pretty sweet. I will match it. $2. So now it's up to two. My Coke. That's pretty good. In this economy, $2 is nothing to see <laughs> So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to get started real quick because uh, we've got a couple things to get out of the way. I cannot wait to do this uh, because uh, we have updates. We have updates to get to. I love using this update theme. Uh, so we've got three updates that I want to run by everybody real quick. The first is uh, we'll get the quick one out of the way. Uh, you guys are following uh, what I said was going to happen, and all of our listeners are severely slacking in yeah. our Talk Nerdy to Me, Michael Myers versus... What the fuck is that? Uh, I don't know what that noise was, but uh, the f- you guys are failing... Real bad in the uh, Talk Nerdy to Me Michael Myers versus Ghostbusters challenge. 
where uh, there we had in the October October the first we put up uh, a the, the title card for Michael Myers versus Ghostbusters, the award winning fan film made by uh, two out of the four hosts of Talk Nerdy to Me, and said that if uh, you know cameo from Prodigy Stars, yeah. Um, and uh, we said, you know, if it got 100 shares or 100 likes during the month of October, we would post the entire movie on Halloween. Right now, that post is sitting at 35 likes. So I'm pretty sure from the first week. So yeah, y'all so. have short attention spans, and we need you to get your shit together. Yeah, like you guys, you guys really suck. Uh, I told, I, I knew that this would happen, so prove me wrong and make me post this embarrassing video from our youths, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So, uh, uh, update number one, you guys are slacking. If you want to see this whole movie, there are people that are super passionate about seeing this movie, too, so I don't know. You don't let them down, and... Uh, so you know it, we'll, we'll see what happens if we make it to 100 likes. But right now it's it's over halfway through the month, and we have barely over a third of the likes that we need. And that math, according to Professor Scott Steiner, does not add up. So, uh, <laughs> so please go to the page and like or share the original post. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm going to say? Uh, in order for it to count, I'm going to say don't do it because. Uh, you know what? I don't want this movie to be seen, so nobody go and like it. I like fun. And we're going to see what happens. So, um, so, yeah, that's update number one. Uh, update number two, we have a second update to give. Uh, second update, we'll go with the, uh, the less involved one uh, next, is uh, the XFL had their draft this week. And the uh, DC Defenders, the official team of Talk Nerdy to Me, uh, not only have uh, got a great, great, great team that they drafted, uh, they drafted uh, a national champion quarterback, uh, Cardale Jones. So, way to go, DC Defenders. You guys kicked ass in the draft. Easily the best team in the draft. Uh, easily drafted the best team. Uh, they did not draft any of the WKU players that were eligible for draft. Only one, <laughs> only one uh, actually went uh, for. Uh, it went to the Roughnecks. Uh, they actually drafted that's, a WKU team. Sad. But uh, that's only because the defenders only drafted the best players. Um, and so they did not draft Andrew Jackson, who hasn't played on uh, football for a while. So, um, yeah, XFL Defenders, you're our team. Way to go. Great draft. Uh, I cannot wait to see, um, you know, what what they do as they take home the trophy for XFL 2020. So congratulations to the D.C. Defenders. Hashtag defend the DMV. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Update number three. I promised three. Update. If you listened last week, you know that we are now, we have officially uh, engaged in uh, a battle, not with another podcast, but with a political figure, uh, and that is one Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin. 
Matt Bevin wronged one of our hosts, Koran, who is unfortunately not here to hear this update, so hopefully he'll hear it later uh, and earn his $2. Um, so we posted that Matt Bevin has illegally and unconstitutionally blocked Koran, one of his constituents, uh, on Twitter. Grossly illegal. Cannot do that. And so we, we made a post about it on our Twitter. And we made another post uh, aiming it at the uh, Kentucky Legal Journal, the Kentucky Law Journal, asking for somebody. And how's about this? Not only did we get a reply from an attorney, we got a, a – uh, so we're, we're in contact with an attorney at this point, And here's the best part. The attorney that we're in contact with, you know that he is great because he is – an attorney for one, James E. Cornette, former professional wrestling manager. <laughs> legit, legit attorney. Uh, we have we have already been in contact with said attorney. So next week, expect further updates because uh, we have an attorney who not only is familiar with this law with with, with uh, familiar with the precedent that was set actually in West Virginia, the precedent was set uh, for public officials who use the, their social media channels for official business uh, blocking constituents. Not only is that has there been uh, previous cases on this in West Virginia, but this attorney actually was on several of those cases and has experience with this very issue uh, and has gone, uh, has reached out to us uh, in an effort to help. So this is not a thing, like, it, this is not a joke. This is not a thing that's going away. Uh, we are uh, moving forward in this battle with Governor Matt Bevan. No joke. Well, let's be real for a sec. It's a yeah. bit of a joke because... It involves Koran, so well, and, and that's the thing is is you know having to explain it to this this actual attorney, and I used I used the terms. Uh, now I will fully admit, I believe the quote was, I, I will fully admit, Koran was being a dumbass. <laughs> he was being a bit of a shithead. I will I will admit that he was trolling. Uh, he he deserved to be blocked. There's no argument about that. It's just legally Matt Bevan can't. Without, right. Without no, I understand. Through. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Koran didn't deserve it. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. Uh, but yeah, he, he, legally he can't be blocked. So uh, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. Uh, so we had a good laugh about it um, when a, a, at the law office. Uh, but like legit, no joke. Uh, this is. It started out no like full disclosure. It started out as a joke, like a complete and total joke. Just trying to to uh, you know cause a little bit of a stink and then move on. Uh, no, this thing is growing hair. Like this thing is becoming a thing. So, which is appropriate because yeah. again, it involves Koran. Right. So I don't know where we go that from here. Big hairy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know where we go from here. But like I just want everybody listening to know. Like no, this is not a bit. This is not a goof. This is a legit real thing that is now involving real attorneys who are who are now in this case like at, at first the idea was we were just going to keep replying to all of bevan's tweets asking why he had blocked one of our why he had illegally blocked one of our hosts uh but 
I can actually now say this like and mean it and not be a joke. Under advisement of our council, we are not. We are. We're instructed. Not to, yeah, we are, as advised by our legal counsel. We are. We're not to do that anymore. Um, so we were advised. Uh, by legal counsel, our own legal counsel. Pretty easy to talk nerdy to me. Have yeah. requested. Yeah. So, so uh, due to potential pending litigation, we are not allowed to uh, tweet at Matt Bevan right now. Uh, we are under a Matt Bevan tweet embargo because this thing is is growing hair. Like this thing is legit. Like we now have legal guidelines we got to follow, which is crazy. So uh, expect a huge update on that next week because it, it's it, like. This thing is moving pretty quick, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm shocked. I am I am as Gordon Ramsay would say when he tastes something bad at someone's restaurant. I am gobsmacked with how this is going. <laughs> like I legit have no words for like I was grinning ear to ear uh, this week because of how this has been going and how quickly this is going. So, it's uh, it's yeah. insane, but it's, it's yeah. Uh, I don't understand why. Uh, there's a lot of things, but yeah, that's a thing. So, um, stay tuned for uh, further updates next week because yeah, unzip that. Slide. Like pants coming off. Yeah, it is, can't control that legal boner. <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't know what's gonna happen, but. Um, yeah, we are now deeply entrenched in this legal battle, a potential legal battle with Governor Matt Bevan. Uh, there you go. So those are your updates for the week. That's all I got. Um, yeah, I don't really. You have been updated. Yeah, you have officially, everybody has officially. That's the, um, um, those are all the updates that we have for housekeeping. And, uh, but first, before we really get into, um, uh, you know, what we, what we have for topics, um, please, please to explain and describe the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the fun and festivities and all of the good stuff that happened at Imaginarium Con this past weekend. <laughs> uh, Imaginarium was interesting. Uh, so it was the first time we've been to a writer's convention and yeah. weren't quite sure exactly what that meant or what to expect. Um, I think we had a good time. Uh, uh, think we, I think we had a good time. <laughs> I think we all had a good time. Let me put it that way. If I the, had a good time. If that does, if that's not the biggest seal of approval that you could possibly give, I think we had a good time. <laughs> so we got there, we got set up. We, uh, we had a small, uh, table set up, um, People like the the props and the the giant safe puff and all that. Yeah. Um, turnout in the what we would call a vendor hall. They called the book fair and expo. Um, right. Didn't seem to be great. Uh, I mean, uh, especially when we figured you know they were only open for like four hours on Friday. So it explains that Saturday we thought there'd be a little more big of a turnout. There were more people on on Saturday, uh, but this was more. Uh, I took away from this more of this was about uh, us networking and getting in with some other people um, and going bigger and better for next year. Like I said, we had a good time. Uh, the yeah. the panels we were on, uh, the people who showed up seemed to have a good time. Uh, I will say this, and I never thought I'd say this, but uh, P Pan's Gritten 
did a fantastic job uh, being very well prepared for his uh, screen accuracy and cosplay panel, uh, about which screen accuracy was discussed for about 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, I kind of figured. But, uh, you know, good yeah. on him for, for the first time in his life being prepared for something. Come on and check out our pictures. He uh, he had a whole PowerPoint presentation set up. He wow. brought in mannequins with costumes on them and props, and was ready to go. He was he was the most uh, prepared person I saw give a panel all weekend. Uh, so props to him. It was fun. Wow, he went back yeah, to I, 2005 and made a PowerPoint. I have brought his own projector for it too. Like Dang. he was prepared, man. Yeah. Wow. Wow, if he was prepared, if he wasn't already married, I would say, watch out. He's bringing the heat <laughs> for, the, for multiple reasons. Yeah, watch out for uh, bringing his own PowerPoint presentation. Damn. Good stuff to those who did come by the table and play the ghost hunt game. Um, you know who you are. There weren't very many of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's on to beat being at work. Uh, we got to hang out. We got to meet, uh, hang out with the, the voice of Todd and Rintumi, Moistadon Bacon. Yeah, Moistadon. Uh, our hall monitor, Travis, showed up and hung out for a little while before he left for his, uh, he's in Disney World right now. In fact, earlier this afternoon, he was in Galaxy's Edge drinking on blue milk. Um, so I hope he's having a good time whenever he listens to this. What an asshole. Unless he gets me that uh, DJ Rex pop vinyl, and then I take back every bad thing I said about him. Uh, he's a saint. Yep. I don't know if you can make that promise. You've said a I lot. Of, did, so. You've said a lot of bad things about him, <laughs> and I don't know if one pop vinyl is going to take all that away. Exclusive, and it is a, a reference to a reference. So, well, uh, I just want it noted for the record that I brought you back a pop vinyl from a Disney trip, and you didn't take. You back, did. You didn't take back anything that you've said about me. Or said a bad word about you in my life. <laughs> I I don't believe that, but I'm going to choose to believe it. Uh, <laughs> On air, I've never yeah, said that. <laughs> that. There you go. That's that is that is more correct. That is no. You did you did bring me back my amazing uh, haunted mansion uh, Ezra in the Doom buggy, right. which is on my my small little collection of pops that will never come out of the box yeah. display. Um, yeah, and if uh, if if the sound of that makes you happy, you can listen to uh, this episode of Park Hopping, which involves nothing but the Haunted Mansion, which you can find um, linked on our Facebook page. So uh, if you just can't get enough of the Haunted Mansion, and I know you can't. Oh. Uh, so. Um, about it for two hours. Yeah, because it's the best. Full uh, full disclosure, it's the best. It's that in the tower. Well, you never you you you'll, you listen to it. You'll you'll figure out which rides we. Uh, we'll get to Tower of Terror. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, and I had to fight Ferguson and online. Ferguson really wanted to sell the shit out of that pop, but he he did not. <laughs> Email sent to Ferguson, bad dog. It said bad. It, it said uh, you know not good boy or bad boy or whatever it was. It was like don't sell that pop. Parentheses bad boy, and it made me laugh. Like that was friggin' hilarious. So he did. He tried to sell it, but his little he doesn't have thumbs to uh, wrap up like <laughs> tape up the box so he could send it. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was shoved halfway in like one of those uh, flat rate priority mailboxes. <laughs> Couldn't get it all the way in because he doesn't have thumbs. So, again, defeated by the opposable thumb. Sorry, Ferguson. 
that's the only reason we're in charge of him, not the other way around. He hasn't been seen for a while. I wonder when he's going to show up again. I wonder. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, big news, uh, the next time that you can catch Talk Nerdy to Me at a convention, uh, we will be covering the Louisville Galaxy Con, November 22nd through the 24th, uh, in, once again, a uh, great place to live if you're a chalk outline, Louisville, uh, <laughs> You can go, and uh, we're going to be, at least one of us will be spending pretty much the entire time waiting in line for Dave Batista. That's going mm-hmm. to be me. Uh, they've got a bunch of Star Trek guests that uh, I know uh, Commander Scott's looking forward to seeing. Uh, they've got John Cusack and Lou Ferrigno and um, uh, like just a ton of people, Carrie Elways and uh, the woman from Robin Hood Men in Tights, whose name escapes me at this point in time. Uh, from Wings. Yeah. Um, and did I mention Dave Batista? Because he's going to be there. Uh, and uh, writer of Babylon 5 and the real Ghostbusters fame, J. Michael Straczynski, is going to be there. So it's it's going to be a great time. We're going to be there covering it. So we're going to do some live videos and some photos and stuff. Uh, so that'll be really fun. So we want to thank them for uh, letting us go and cover. Uh, nothing else. I'll be there Saturday. Yeah, that's that's all I plan on being there for. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, because Dave Batista's Saturday only. So um, uh, maybe Blind while you're waiting. Yeah. Maybe stay till Sunday. I don't know. It depends on how I feel. We'll play it by ear and see what happens. Um, That's but, fair. But definitely Saturday. Definitely we'll be there. Um, there'll be a Talk Nerdy to Me presence on Saturday. So um, we'll post information on that as it gets closer. There's no, like, we're not doing panels. We're not doing anything like that. We're just literally going to cover it um, and just have a good time. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll have news coming up later on uh, as we get a little bit closer to uh, next year's Vet City Con because that's coming up. That'll be here before you know it. Uh, and we we're gonna be uh, there. We're gonna have a huge fingerprint on that one this year. So get ready for that. That's gonna be uh, pretty awesome. So um, there's big stuff in the works for that, but that's a little bit further down the line. Before we get there, we got to talk some spooky stuff because it's Halloween time. It's Halloween month. It's spooky time. Spooky time. It's going to be so scary that you'll you'll wet someone else's couch. <laughs> you're going you're gonna, mm-hmm. you're gonna to be so scared that you're going to pee the couch, but it's not going to be yours, so it's kind of okay. Get that hit. Um, so before we delve into the big stuff this week, um, yeah. we are going to go do a... Very special edition of Recommend Me. Ooh. Uh, we did a list of songs to get you in the mood for Halloween and best movies to watch around Halloween. Uh, but if you're a super nerd and you don't want to listen to music or watch stuff on TV, you want to be nerdy about it and get out a, a book and read words, we're going to do our uh, scary reading list, Recommend Me. I like it. So the first one I'm going to jump out there and do um, is a really cool book I discovered at Imaginarium. Uh, It is called Monstrology, uh, edited by Scott O'Brown. 
uh, various writers and artists. It's a comic book. It is a graphic novel hardcover uh, that contains uh, nine short stories. Uh, what they did was they they took um, a bunch of writers and artists, partnered them together, and then assigned them a location, creature or monster or mythological being or something like that, um, around that. First three or four, um, they're pretty cool. The art is fantastic throughout. Uh, very distinctive art styles, but also very cool. Uh, again, each one features some kind of monster or creature, or whatever, which you know I love. Um, oh, yeah. Interesting uh, and unusual settings, uh, places you wouldn't normally see those creatures or whatnot in. Uh, so that was a fun read. I picked it up for 15 bucks at the con. You can get the Kindle edition for like nine ninety nine. Um, I believe the hardcover edition is available on Amazon, but I didn't look super hard. Uh, so Monstrology is my first recommendation. Nice. I'm going to have to write that one down so that I can, um, so that I can see if I can find that because that sounds awesome. It was pretty cool. All right. I have got, uh, a two shot recommendation. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me or not. Uh, I don't like to read a lot of books. Shocking, I know. What? Uh, I mean, I've gotten a lot better about reading books, but um, there was a while where I just I I didn't really like. I guess it's mostly because I didn't have a lot of like consistent time to continuously read books. And now, what I do is every night I'll read a chapter of a book before I go to bed. Preferably the chapter after the chapter I read the night before. So I read it, you know, in order. Um, and then That's I'll, good to do. Yeah, I'll finish one book and then I'll start the next one. Uh, and so I have, uh, I have a double recommendation that is the first and second book in a series uh, from an unlikely source, from a uh, comedy television program. Uh, you might know him as one of the one of true TV's impractical jokers, James S. Murray, who wrote a novel. Uh, he wrote a novel called Awakened, which is uh, about a, uh, in the New York City uh, subway system, they are um, adding a new line. They're adding um, a new line of track. And so they're expanding out underneath New York City and they, accidentally break into um, an area that unleashes these creatures out into, you know, the general public. And it, it starts where they're taking the maiden voyage of this new subway track. And mm -hmm. the, the, the subway car goes through the tunnel and it exits and everybody's waiting at the exit, like where the, the first stop is going to be. And the car comes out from the tunnel and there's no body left, and it's just blood-soaked on the inside. And it includes, like, the mayor and the mayor's wife and, like, all of these, like, uh, you know, well-known people, uh, a bunch of police officers and stuff. It's like the VIPs taking the maiden voyage, and nobody comes back through. It's just there's blood all over the place, and, you know, the windows are broken and all that stuff. So a team goes in to try and figure out what's going on, that book is excellent. There's also a sequel called The Brink, 
uh, which the, the whole thing is basically it's part of a trilogy, and the first two books are done. Uh, the first book is exceptional. It's very, very well written, and it's very, very good. It's, it's uh, a lot of action and a lot of scary parts. Second one is a lot more action and um, still some scary stuff, uh, but it kind of becomes more of like a um, – like uh, an international, not spy, but like an international action kind of kind of book, but it still maintains a lot of those horror elements. It just ups the scale a little bit. Uh, but both of them, you read them back to back. It's a great two shot. It's a great double shot uh, from you know Sweet. an unlikely source, but it's really really good. They're not they're not too terribly long, and you kind of you like you want to burn through them. Like they're really really good. So that is my first one. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I'm not as uh, or crap like you guys are. I just kind (laughs) of go about whatever you guys talk about. But I was thinking about what would probably be the scariest thing this month. And so my recommendation is What Happened by Hillary Rodham Clinton. Wow. (laughs) I was waiting for that. Just anything that bitch talks about is a lie. Uh, she's a demon from hell. Damn. And I hate her gut. She just eats babies. And I, I, I'd be willing to testify that that's true. So um, anything Hillary related, but especially what happened. I think you can get it at Costco for 79 cents. Wow. So uh, is, feel is, free. Is it in the toilet paper section? To keep the it's located in the toilet paper section, I guess. Right next to the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> Wow. That's our Julian. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Julian, I'm confused. What political party are you? I'm very confused. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a communist. I'm, I'm, wow, whoa, whoa. I'm unclear. I'm trying to get some of that LeBron money. <laughs> oh, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I'll go ahead and pick sides on that one. I don't care. All right. Um, my second recommendation, uh, not as good as that one, Julian. Sorry, it's not, not as outside the box as that. Yeah. Um, this one is actually ongoing. Uh, I think the final issue comes out this month. Um, it is from DC Comics, Deceased. C E A S E D deceased. Get it? Uh, funny. Uh, so initially, when they announced this book, I was like, "Oh, okay, they're just finally getting around to doing a zombie thing, like Marvel zombies." Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, and then I realized it was written by Tom Taylor, who did the Injustice comics, which are fantastic. Oh yeah, those are. So cute. at that point, at that point, I was like, "Well, maybe I'll give it a second look." Um, so essentially. The book is about a zombie-esque, the DC universe that spreads faster than the Justice League can keep up with and begins infecting superpowered people. Uh, so it does the whole, you know, what if you were super a zombie with superpowers? Um, but because it exists in its own universe and doesn't have to tie into anything and worry about continuity, uh, they get to go places that are pretty dark and do things that are pretty fucked up. Um, so... That was a plus for me. Uh, and one other selling point um, and, and a reason I would recommend collecting the single issues instead of waiting for a trade to come out. Um, there is a variant cover for each issue that is a recreation of a famous horror movie poster featuring DC characters. Oh, that's awesome. So, 
there, there's one for, I think, issue one that is a parody of It, uh, where it's in the foreground, you see Robin from behind, and in the, the background, you see, like, the dark shadow of Batman holding the red balloon. Oh, that's cool. There's one that, uh, I think it features, like, Batgirl as one of the people. That's a recreation of the Nightmare on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street poster. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there, um, but if you can track those down, all the better. But that is my second recommendation, Deceased from DC Comics. That's damn awesome. Like, that's a great idea, too, with the with the covers. That's super cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I approve. I know they were waiting for my approval. I approve. Only six issues. The sixth one comes out soon, so it's not. If you want to go track it down, it's not like you won't be able to track down some back issues and pick it up. Yeah. Um, or if you don't care about the covers, you can wait. And uh, I think November is when the trade comes out. So that's not so bad. Um. Well, Coron would be mad if I did not pitch this next one and recommend you okay. this. this uh, still to this day, uh, <laughs> probably my favorite. A scary book, my favorite scurry book. Uh, it is great. Uh, it is. It started out as a series of uh, online spooky stories that you didn't really realize were all interrelated until you got to the end. Uh, it's a little book called Pen Pal. And Ooh. what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to ex- I'm going to describe. <laughs> Um, I'll give you like a, just a small taste of the first story. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Like if you, if you never listened to any of my other recommendations, if you have never, you know, watched any of the movies that I've ever recommended, if you've never picked up any of the books or comics or anything music that I've ever recommended, please, please read this book. I cannot speak highly enough about this book. Uh, it starts out and it's this guy and he's like remembering all of these things about his youth. And he remembers, uh, that in class when he was a kid, they did a, uh, a, an activity where they all tied notes to balloons and then let the balloons go. And those notes were supposed to be, Hey, whoever finds this, please be my pen pal. And, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so from this class in whatever grade, you know, send, send mail to the school and, you know, we can be pen pals. And he's the only one who at first does not get a reply. And everybody else starts getting letters from, you know, people around town, um, you know, sometimes from a couple cities away and they're saying, you know, I'm, I live, you know, two towns over and blah, blah, blah. Your balloon made it here. And then finally he gets a reply from his new pen pal, but he keeps getting these super creepy replies. And he doesn't really realize that they're really creepy and how they fit together until later. And it's super terrifying and really messed up, but it's so good. It will, I don't, I don't care how many scary movies you've seen or how desensitized you think you are to horror and scary stuff like this book will give you that like uncomfortable oogie feeling. And 
and I like I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's called Pen Pal. Uh, it is by hold on, I can tell you, uh, Dathan Auerbach. A U R A U E R B A C H. Uh, you can, if you look up Pen Pal on Amazon in books, there's a Kindle version that's available or paperback or anything like that, any format you want. It is fantastic. It gets my walrus of approval because I hate seals. Um, but yeah, like, like no joke. Like if it's an easy read, like it's a real quick read. Um, you're going to burn through it because it's, it's amazing. Like every, I I usually reread it every year or so just because it's so good. Um, and it is, it is the perfect Halloween companion. Uh, do yourself a favor and make your skin crawl by reading pen pal. All right. Julian, back to you. Because I was actually going to say, I was going to steal your thunder and actually recommend Ben Powell because I was showing really? John. I've got it downloaded on my Kindle. It's, but I just haven't read it yet. Oh, it's so good. Please read it. Like, like when you start reading it, like, please text me and tell me how you like it because it is okay. It is so good. I literally pulled it up and I was like, sweet, I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> as soon as you said that. He just like, he gets a pissed off look and holds his phone. I was like, oh yeah, yeah he sniped it. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but one recommendation I can and will make, uh, it's kind of an older book. It came out in 2009 and it had a very shitty television show based on it. Yeah. Uh, but it's The Strain, a series by Chuck Hogan and uh, Guillermo de Toro. Uh, the basic premise is uh, a plane shows up at LaGuardia. Everybody's dead. Uh, they bring in the CDC because they think it's like a biological attack. Uh, and then basically it spawns from there. So it's it's kind of a vampire book. It's more of a parasite book. Um, but it spawns three different ones. It, there's, it explains this old race. Um, there's a, a super powerful vampire that's been around forever called the Master. Um, you can, it's kind of got like a hive mind aspect to it. Um, it's actually, the book is actually really, really good. If they'd have made a movie instead of the show, it might have worked out a little better. Um but the main guy who played, uh, what's his name, Ephraim, <laughs> the main character, Good yeah. Weather, is the, some Corey dude. He's kind of a tool bag. He was in House of Cards. He's been killed. Yeah, he was the bad season. guy in Ant-Man 1. Yeah. 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 The yellow jacket or whatever. Yeah. He's a dickhead. <laughs> but, uh, the book, yeah, the book is fantastic. I, I picked up the book just based on Guillermo del Toro's name being on it. Uh, and you know me, I'm a slow reader, and I powered through the book in like two weeks because I couldn't wait to finish it. Um, and then was really happy when I found out it was the first of the trilogy because there's the the strain, the fall, and the night eternal. Night eternal. Yeah, um, the first two amazing books. Uh, the first one starts a little slow because it's more of a mystery of what's going on. Uh, and if you already know what the mystery is, then it takes forever because it's like just get on with it, just get on with it. Um, but it's real, like, you know, procedural kind of like CSI shit. And then, uh, once the twist happens, it's straight up horror action movie. The second one gets into, uh, like it moves really quickly. Awesome, lower, really cool world building. Yeah, it's very self-contained. Like you said, the book, uh, kind of rushes to a finish just like the TV show, but it's still worth reading. Yeah, at least the first two books are fantastic. No. But then you have to read the third because you, you do. In a corner. Yeah. Just know the third is going to be disappointing when you finish it. But the first two were, were good enough to, 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 I think, justify it. 
had a second one, and then the third <laughs> one is, you know, if you're in a bar, pull it up on your phone and read it every 10 minutes when the commercials are on. It's, uh... <laughs> It's good. It's really good. It's uh, you can tell Guillermo del Toro had more vampire craziness to deal with uh, that he didn't get out of his system making the greatest movie of all time, Blade Two, uh, and he had to fill three entire novels with uh, what he had left to say about vampires. You know, sometimes There's one character in the second book who's legit a retired luchador ah. uh, <laughs> fighting uh, vampires. That's great. You know. And with that, anybody? Yeah, that's all I had to recommend. I don't know if anybody else has any other choice to see that your system. I got one more. Okay, I got one more. It's another novel. Um, it is. It actually came out this year in April. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I read a lot of like. I, I'm very. Here's the the reason why I haven't seen Joker yet is because I'm a huge. Uh, I'm opposed to a ton of hype. Okay. The more you hype something up to me, the less likely I'm going to see it because I feel like, or like read it or whatever, because I feel like when you hype something up a whole lot, there's not much, like I'm going to be disappointed. Like there's no possible way that it can exceed my expectations because I feel like I'm always going to be disappointed. So I'd been seeing all this hype for this book and I didn't really think that it was going to be that good, uh, but I figured uh, here's the best part uh, is it's actually, if you have Amazon Prime, you can actually read it for free, Ooh. Uh, which is awesome. Uh, the Kindle price is only five bucks anyway, but um, it's really, really, it actually turns out to be really, really good. It's called Intercepts, and it's by TJ Payne, and I'll give you the... Um, uh, the, the the one or the two sentence synopsis is that uh, Joe works at a facility that performs human experimentations, and on this night, uh, his work just followed him home. And it's basically this guy. He works at a a, a facility uh, that runs experiments on people to try and unlock hidden abilities in the human mind. And they do a lot of like sensory deprivation and, um, uh, throughout the course of doing all of these experiments, every single test subject goes violently insane for one reason or another. Uh, but you know, they keep pushing forward because every, every experiment, you know, they get a little bit closer than the last one. So they're making progress, uh, and they get it almost perfected and then all hell breaks loose. So, uh, it's, it's free. Uh, if you have Amazon prime, you can actually read it through their Amazon books program. Which is a super good way to find new books, by the way. Like you can literally just look up a genre, and it will give you all of the books that you could basically you can read for free, uh, as long as you're a Prime member, which is badass. That um, this book is, uh, it's, it's really, really, it's like a, it's basically like a grown up Stranger Things, uh, which is, it's, it's really, really fun and it's like you will keep you on the edge of your seat so uh 
and it's still pretty new. It came out in April, so you can uh, probably be among the first of your friends to uh, to read it, and then you can be that guy that recommends a good book to somebody else, which is just a bonus. Um, yeah, that's all I had. So that's all I got. On. Yeah. Can I do the Buck Wild by Lauren Landis? <laughs> This looks frightening. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty scary. Um, can I do the... Uh, book by its cover. Julian says, fuck that. Yeah, judge every book by its cover. And only its cover. And so you just... If, if, you, if, you have, if you find a book without the dust jacket on it, and it's just like the plain book with the writing on it, just throw it away. Because nothing good can come of that. That shit's boring. Throw it away. Birds. Throw it away. Um, you ready? Can, can I do the intro for this one? Sure. All right. So we're talking, you know, it, it's close to Halloween. We're just a little over two weeks away from Halloween. Uh, and what better thing to talk about than Halloween itself or as it's known in, in, uh, some areas, uh, Samhain or... <laughs> As we know it, (laughs) as we know it, uh, as we know him, the greatest real Ghostbusters villain of all time. Ready? Yep. I have musical accompaniment for this because you know that I found the Tahiti album, (laughs) and I'm gonna skip. I'm I'm gonna skip to the good part. This is this is what you hear in when Halloween was forever. I just want to get to the chorus. I don't give a shit about the rest. Of it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. That's all I need. That's all I need. And they're running around. This is a great episode. Uh, it is one of the best episodes. And Halloween two and a half are yeah. two fantastic episodes of that uh, cartoon, both featuring uh, Sam Hain. Can I? Uh, can who, I? Who will get to? Can I uh, make a confession that I've been watching? Uh, I got a waterproof case for my phone, so I've been watching real Ghostbusters episodes as I shower every day. Uh, hey man, whatever you got to do to watch them. And uh, so I watched. Uh, I've been rewatching a bunch of them, and uh, so I rewatched uh, when Halloween was forever last night, and tonight is uh, Halloween two and a half. So I'm really excited uh, to get. Hell yeah! Uh, even though, even though Halloween two and a half is, I'm breaking my rule because mm-hmm. it's part of the Dave Coulier years, which I don't like. Uh, See, he's not even the worst part of Halloween two and a half is that the bulk of the episode you're not with the Ghostbusters, you're with freaking Junior Ghostbusters, yeah. which no one cared about. I'm gonna be pissed about that. Um, it's uh, I have that one and uh, the Grendel or the 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 the, the, Grendel, the Grendel the Grendel to watch. Um, that is but, one of the a handful of episodes that is legit creepy as fuck. And see, the problem is they're part of like I, I've I've not watched much from I haven't watched anything from the day. Like I've been rewatching the real Ghostbusters for reasons that mm-hmm. I will not go into on the show, um, but you guys know. Um, and uh, so I've been like I've been purposely staying away from the Dave Coulier years because. Uh, you know, fuck that focus group. Um, and yeah. <laughs> they make me so angry. Um, so, but I, like last night, I, I decided that I'm going to watch uh, Halloween. I have to watch Halloween two and a half because it's you know the 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 Samhain 
mm-hmm. uh, part of the the one of his three appearances in the show, uh, despite the fact that it's a Dave Coulier episode. But I kid, we're not here to necessarily talk about the character yet. We're here to talk about the history of Halloween, and uh, we're going a little bit different with uh, with uh, you know what we normally talk about because we're not talking about like a, a specific property. We're just talking about how Halloween itself came to be. Yes. So I'm going to give a brief overview of the history of our favorite holiday. Um, of Halloween and how it came to be and how we get what we know as Halloween today. And when I say brief, I mean, I'm going to summarize the three pages of notes I took today. Um, so you go back as far as we can track it. 3,000 years ago in Ireland was the Celtic Harvest Festival known as Samhain. Yep. Or if you grew up watching real Ghostbusters, Sam Hain. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, my people say you're welcome. <laughs> Your people being the Irish yes. or Ghostbusters fan? Okay. Yes and yes. <laughs> Uh, it was the last day of the harvest uh, where the walls between our world and the spirit world were the weakest. Um, and when uh, those who died within the past year could return uh, to the land of the living and they needed to be placated uh, by offering them uh, fruits and nuts and things like that. Um, or if you got super serial about it, blood sacrifices to appease the gods in order to get them to return the sun. Because remember, this is when days are shorter, nights are longer. Um, so, yeah, the, the druids, the priests of these pagan religions uh, would sacrifice animals and whatnot uh, to appease the gods, bring the sun back. Uh, and then about the same, same time period, roughly uh, a little while away in Rome, we had another festival, the festival of Pomona, who was the goddess of gardens, which is essentially the same kind of thing. It was a harvest festival. It was a celebration of the, the harvest. Um, they laid out apples and nuts in tribute to the goddess. Um, then in 50 BC, the Romans conquered as Ireland and these two festivals hooked up. Um, so that's the down and dirty quick version. Uh, everyone's having a good time. You know, it's harvest time, worshiping, uh, Salwain or Pomona and, uh, you know, leaving out your tributes and having giant bonfires to scare off ghosts. And then like a lot of things, and this is going to piss off my wife. The Christians came and fucked it all up. Ha! Fucker. <laughs> uh, around 100 AD, Christianity began to rise in power. And, of course, anything that wasn't directly uh, about God was deemed as evil. Uh, therefore, pagan, which simply means, uh, if you look up pagan in the dictionary, it's a non-formal, uh, non-formal religion that worships nature and spirits. Uh, it's the Christians you can thank for the negative connotation of devil-worshipping pagan. Um, yeah, like everything cool. What was the, uh, uh, so, what was the definition that they gave in the movie Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd? Like what did, like pagan- people against goodness and niceness. Yeah. Yes. I looked that up because I knew you'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that you knew that I would ask that. If you're goat leggings, welcome to pagan. Yeah. 
Uh, love that movie. Um, so uh, the Christian church didn't like any religion that wasn't Christianity, and they tried to convert people. Um, around 600 AD, Gregory the uh, First knew that pagans wouldn't convert willingly, so he tried to trick them into it. Uh, he had a really interesting way of going about it. He said, uh, so if you see a bunch of pagans worshiping a tree, don't tell them that the tree isn't a god. Just consecrate the tree. Now they're worshiping Christ. Um. I don't know that that's exactly how that works, but like, <laughs> thanks for playing. Uh, good try. Yeah. Um, this went on for a while. It didn't work so great. Um, so around the time of Gregory the Third, um, he created what we now know as All Saints Day, November first, which was a day to remember the saints, um, which is also known as All Hallows Day. And this was basically the, the Christian church's attempt to just completely take over uh, all these other pagan uh, religions. So, you know, you guys have your cute little holidays. Well, we're going to make a holiday on the same day. It's like, oh, you guys like your parties? We're going to have a party the same day, only with hookers and blow or yeah. whatever the Christian Blackjack. equivalent of that yeah. is. <laughs> only with, with, hookers. with communion wafer and the blood of Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's what All uh, Saints Day originated as. So again, All Saints Day, All Hallows Day. So of course, it's on November first, the night before All Hallows Day would be All Hallows Eve. I know this one. Oh, <laughs> nailed it! Yeah, uh, which was intended to replace Samhain. It, as you can guess, didn't work so well. Nah. Um, they later extended that to November second, being All Souls Day, which was a day to worship or uh, a day to um, uh, recognize all souls, not just the saints. Uh, but again, by and large, people kind of ignored that and continued to celebrate Halloween. Uh, around 18, excuse me, 1486, Pope Innocent VIII uh, linked witchcraft to the devil and outlawed anyone who celebrated Samhain. Uh, again, this goes back to the whole, like, pagans are evil thing. Uh, that's all because of this jackass who deemed that uh, if you weren't worshiping God, whatever you were worshiping had to be from the devil. Um, so this leads into things like uh, Day of the Dead in Mexico, which is November 2nd, uh, which is a day to celebrate lost loved ones. This incorporated some of the old school Samhain things, but had a lot of Christianity in it, too. Um, then we get to interesting little note in, uh, in history. Um, 1517, Martin Luther launches Protestantism, uh, where he you know, rejects the symbols of the Catholic Church. Uh, any symbol that stands between the people and God is bad. Um, so this leads to a little random nugget. You guys have all seen or read V for Vendetta. Uh, Guy Fox Day is November 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Uh, yeah. uh, Guy Fox is a guy who tried to blow up the Protestant House of Lords. Uh, but now he has a holiday dedicated to him in uh, the UK where people dress up in masks like Guy Fox. Uh, so random side note in the Halloween trip. Uh, we're moving right along. Um, so then we come to uh, Julian's favorite place in the world, Murica. Yeah. The new oh. world. Uh, so the people who settled us, uh, you know, those ups, people so uptight that the British kicked them out. Uh, the Puritan settlers did not celebrate any form of Samhain or Halloween or anything like that. Uh, they had a stick from up their ass. Um, leads to things like the Salem Witch Trials in 1692, where 20 people were killed for being accused of witchcraft. Um 
However, thankfully, not all settlers were like that, uh, not all colonists. Um, and this is what's going to bring Whitney back. So, you know, Christianity tried to kill Sal Wayne. It's okay, because American Southerners brought it back. In Virginia, <laughs> especially, uh, it became, uh, Halloween became a very popular celebration. People had parties uh, to celebrate it. They played games like uh, uh, bobbing for apples, uh, telling ghost stories, carving pumpkins. They also got big into divination games, which was interesting, uh, trying to predict who they were going to marry and shit like that. Um, and then bringing it all full circle, the Irish immigrants in the late 19th century brought with them, along with great whiskey and eventually inventing bourbon, uh, they brought with them all their old school Salwain celebrations. Um, they adapted them to the new world. The reason we carve pumpkins now is because pumpkins are easier to carve than turnips, which is what they originally carved back in the old country. You know what? My people can't keep doing all the work for you guys. You guys got to start chipping <laughs> They're really carrying that ball down the field, man. They, they are just, uh, like, my people are just doing all of the heavy lifting for you lazy pieces of shit. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, fast forward to uh, the dawn of the 20th century. Kids took over the holiday. Uh, it was largely uh, a thing that adults did up until this point. But then uh, as things like, you know, world wars and whatnot happened, uh, adults went on to do more adult things and left it up to kids. Um, so much so that this led to a rise of pranks and vandalism associated with the night of Halloween. Because uh, like kids, kids went crazy, and you know, with the pranks and the destroying things and the burning outhouses and shit. You know what? Uh, until the kids, let the kids go fight the wars and let the adults have Halloween, like for real. They should have tried that, man. You're I right. Mean, maybe we should have sent the kids it. off to fight World yeah. War Two. Yeah, yeah. Ah, did it all wrong. Did it all wrong. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, in the 1920s, I uh, gotta throw a shout out to uh, Noka, Minnesota. Um, this was the first town that had a civic Halloween parade. The city itself put on a Halloween parade to keep kids from being nasty hooligans on Halloween. It worked uh, to the point that towns all across America started uh, adopting the same tradition. Uh, Noka, Minnesota is now the Halloween capital of the world. Thanks, Minnesota. Uh, fast forward yet again, we get to, uh, uh, with World War II, uh, everything got put on hold because the war was happening. Uh, you know, you had more important things to do than play Halloween. But after World War II, what? uh, man, it made a comeback. Uh, you know, the baby boomers, uh, the country went through a lot of prosperity at the time. So people had money to burn on costumes. Uh, and that puts us more or less up to where we are today. Uh, one quick footnote, uh, in Detroit, in the 70s and 80s, uh, once again, we saw a huge rise of uh, pranks that led to, or that became increasingly, increasingly serious, uh, leading to arson and destruction running rampant, uh, which led to the holiday, if you've ever seen The Crow, you're familiar with, Devil's Night, which is Halloween for people who like to wreck shit. Prototype Purge, I guess. Um, this is also around the time where rumors of poisoned candy and razor blades and apples began to circulate that old wives tale. Um, uh, just to clear the air, no razor blade was ever found in any apple and any, all cases of children poisoned by Halloween candy. It was the parents who poisoned the kids. Yep. That happened. Yep. 
so there is the down and dirty history of Halloween. Uh, started as a, a good old in Ireland. Worshipped and uh, tried to appease, you know, killed cattle to appease the gods and bring that giant ball of light in the sky back. Halloween. Are we all going to dress up in slutty versions of our favorite multimedia uh, and uh, intellectual properties? You know what? Uh, all I'm saying is uh, I think we missed a big opportunity just getting rid of the uh, burning witches at the stake thing. <laughs> I feel like that still has legs, and I feel like if we would have continued that to this day, that we would be in a better place in America right now. But well, I think I think the problem there is we need some more scientific ways to prove you're a witch because the whole put them in water to see if they float thing. I don't think that holds water anymore. Uh, so you know, we'll work on it. You know, uh, that's now going to be my life's mission. Um, is to find a way to do a, <laughs> to do a witch test, and if you're a witch, like we're gonna fucking burn you. Like I hate to be the one to tell you. Like, <laughs> well, there's gonna... some stuff I, I glossed over to uh, like specific traditions and how those got started. Um, the dressing up in costumes thing again goes way back to Salwain, uh, where people thought that that was a night where spirits could roam the world of the living again. So uh, to disguise themselves, uh, people dressed in costumes selves, so that they would also look like ghosts or, uh, you know, demons or whatever uh, to try to throw the spirits off. So that's kind of where that comes from. Uh, you guys will enjoy this. The trick or treat. So, you know, when I talked about the whole rise in juvenile delinquency and kids burning down outhouses and shit. Yeah. So, trick-or-treat used to not be a friendly greeting from little kids looking for candy. It was a threat. It was a trick-or-treat. It was either give me some candy or something or I'm going to go, like, burn down your house or TP your lawn or, like, shit on your threat. front door. Yeah, it was a threat to people. It was like, give me shit or something bad's going to happen to you. Um, but they, they then tried to, to, you know, instead of stealing stuff, hey, just go door-to-door -door and ask for it. So... I mean, some kid comes to your and yells trick or treat. Uh, it's not a greeting. They're giving you a warning. Yeah. Yeah. They say uh, uh, either give me candy or I'm going to poop somewhere on your property. <laughs> and I don't know where. I literally don't know where. Um, it could be in a bag that is then flaming. If you never know. If you're lucky, it's going to be in a bag. Because <laughs> it might not be in a bag. It might just be like I'm gonna like poop in my hand like a monkey and throw it to you. And um, but um, like it, yeah. Like my 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 people are gracious. Uh, not only did they come over and and you know build most of the railways and the bridge systems and stuff for very little pay, but we also gave you what you now know as Halloween. So you're you're welcome. Like yep. Now, how Salwain became went from being a festival to being a demon creature to being, you know, the weird, creepy kid monster and trick or treat, uh, that I didn't get into. Um, but that is, uh, again, uh, if you grew up like me in Flanagan, uh, the first time you ever heard that name mentioned was in the real Ghostbusters, yep. where it's horribly mispronounced as Sam Hain. Yeah. S A M H A I N. Yep. Uh, which is then repeated in the Halloween movies. Uh, 
second one on, and then the second one where he 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 breaks into the school and writes Sam Hain on the chalkboard. Yeah, I believe one. that one's second. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's become. I think that's more of a pop culture thing than a actual, you know, demonic thing. This is a supernatural episode where they take on Sam Hain. He's like a demon. Uh, but yeah, lots of stuff kind of bastardized. And I mean, the, the holiday itself is kind of bastardized. It started as one thing and then we added some shit from another festival, and then, you know, which is kind of cool. Like it's a conglomeration of lots of different festivals and, and holidays all kind of rolled in. You know, we, we took the best parts of each and made it work for where we are. And slutty, uh, whatever, slutty Colonel Sanders night. Slutty White Claws. There you go. Yeah. Aren't White Claws already slutty? Yes. <laughs> um, so, that being said, all big fans of Halloween, what are your guys' favorite Halloween traditions? Kid or now or both, whatever. Things you love doing on Halloween. Well, um... I really, really like my, my love of Halloween has shifted, uh, from, you know, when I was a kid, it was all about, um, you know, I lived growing up, I lived next to what was ultimately like a, a, a side street that was like one giant two mile just loop. And so you would just go like, you would spend like the night and you would just walk, you know, house to house and you would get your pillowcase full of candy. Um, and you know, you would, you would just, I, I loved going out and I, like, it makes me so sad that kids now will never know like true trick or treating. Uh-huh. Cause that was like, now it's always like go to the mall or go to like this organized indoor place and then just go table to table and get stuff, which, you know, is fine. But like true, like raw trick or treating is just the greatest thing ever. Uh, so when I was a kid, that was like, I looked forward to that every year. Like January one, I was like, oh man, we're only 10 months from Halloween. Hell yeah. Like, I can't wait to go do this. And now as an adult, it's like the ramp up to Halloween is like, you know, you watch so many scary movies or, you know, uh, TV shows or whatever to kind of get you in the mood for Halloween. And, and it's, uh, you know, watching now, now I get to be on the other side and I'm like, Oh man, we got to buy the good candy for when all the kids come by, uh, you know, and the minivan pulls up and 36 kids get out. Run up to the driveway, knock on the door, and then go back in the minivan and drive to the next house because, uh, you know, they can't, they're not allowed to just, you know, run free. Uh, they gotta, you know, be all organized with parents and shit. Um, so now it's kind of turned from like, I used to have like the love of Halloween for one night, but now it's, I get to extend it all month. And like putting up Halloween decorations, like literally the greatest thing was last weekend putting up Halloween decorations because I was just like, yes, I get to be that house that is like the good Halloween house and it's the best thing ever. So, uh, yeah, I've kind of shifted. Um, I've always loved scary movies, but now it's like a, I get to have like a month long celebration and still dress up when I answer the door, uh, for the little shitlands that come by and want candy. So, uh, 
uh, as a kid, I loved it because it was the day you got to dress up in your costume and people would look at you like you were weird because, you know, I was that kid. Um, but because uh, every year I would pick, you know, an increasingly more uh, difficult character to, to be for Halloween. And you can guess this is going every year. Nancy Peacock would knock it out of the park uh, from uh, Batman to Ninja to Ninja Turtle, uh, more Ghostbusters suits than I can count. Uh, but I think her, her uh, piece de resistance was uh, the Green Power Ranger. Um, 90. Four ninety five. Um, <clears throat> this was right when like Green Ranger came back on the show before it became the White Ranger. We was all freaking out about it, and we went and bought this like uh, shiny, glittery kind of green fabric, so the suit popped. Uh, had the the homemade um, puffy green dragon shield, which you know exactly what I'm talking about, Flanagan. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I believe you still have that? Uh, uh, yes, I do. The costume that was made for fourth grade John Peacock fits you now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I want you to know. Of, yeah. uh, I want you to know. By the way, also you can go to sleep every night uh, knowing in your heart that uh, I am treating that better than anything that is like mine personally that I own. <laughs> like I treat that thing so like it, like it, it's it gets the white glove treatment basically. Nice. Because it is, it is like legitimately like you are correct. Like it is awe inspiring how great this thing is. It's all glittery. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it, it's material and then like stuffing. So it is, you know, it's not like a, a, a vinyl foam thing. But whatever. As a kid, it was badass. Uh, but every year, my school did a Halloween parade, uh, and it would start with the kindergarten classrooms. You'd get up, walk through the other classroom, and they would uh, like jump onto the back of your line. So you basically snaked through the school, um, and then uh, you walked outside the school and, like, around the block and ended up back in the parking lot. Uh, but that year when I was – because the Power Rangers were everywhere. Every, you know, there were tons of Power Rangers. Um, but they were most like the store-bought ones with the plastic mask. Uh, and they didn't make a Green Ranger one in stores. So you saw a lot of red, black, and blue. Um and then, you know, that year I was, I think it was fourth grade, had to have been. Um, this school was K through four. Uh, they came to our classroom, like, last or close to last. Lots of Power Rangers walking by. And I'm pretty sure I was one of maybe two Green Rangers in the entire school. Uh, that kid had a helmet but no vest or no shield. I had the shield but no helmet. Uh, so we partnered up. Uh, but just walking around, uh, uh, I mean, that's the high I'm chasing anytime I'm in cosplays is walking into that school on Halloween, being one of only a couple of green Rangers and being a badass green Ranger on top of that. That was fun. That's a, uh, so the, the, the costume parade was my favorite thing as a kid. And that year, uh, particularly was awesome. That, uh, still sticks out in my memory. That's awesome. But, uh, now. Yeah, somewhere I've got pictures. I'll have to pull them out. Uh, but nowadays, my favorite thing for Halloween is decorating our balcony, which has gotten increasingly, increasingly uh, Clark Griswold-esque in its size. So it started with we put some pumpkins out, and then we added some lights. Uh, and, and then I saw the people like across from us were starting to put lights up. and I was like, oh, it's on. I've never met these people. 
there's no competition. It's just like somebody else was putting up lights, so I got to outdo them. Uh, so now we're up to teen lighted pumpkins, uh, a five foot inflatable ghost that lights up, and then red or excuse me, orange uh, uh, Christmas lights around the border. Uh, they're supposed to be in the shape of a bat, which looks great if you're standing in my apartment looking at the balcony. But if you're standing on the ground looking at the balcony, not so much. Um, so, yeah, and that's that's, uh, that's what it's up to now. And uh, I have ideas. I love it. Ever grow. We keep talking about Sam Hay. The, the eventual idea is to get the entire balcony covered with jack lanterns and then have a big Sam Hay and Formula Ghostbusters-like amongst all these pumpkins that's the plan yeah a uh, a a sam hayne real ghostbusters costume of some kind or like get up of some kind is like the ultimate halloween goal that is that's what i'm getting towards and i do know uh um lovely cosplay couple who has a fantastic sam hayne costume that they made the head by hand and i'm trying to get them to so I can make it a light up thing, but uh, oh man, yeah. that'd be great! Shout out to Marcy and Gary. Oh, if they're listening, no, Gary. Gary listens. <laughs> I know Gary is an active. Li- I don't know who Gary is, but I know he listens. <laughs> I don't know him personally, but I know Gary listens. Gary seems like the kind of guy that would listen. I just feel it. Uh, Julian is currently in the bathroom. Oh, well, uh, uh, oh, wait, wait, oh, here he is. Oh, the tank is empty. Julian, favorite Halloween traditions? <laughs> I mean, just any. This costume. is in his childhood, he means. Yeah, yeah any costume <laughs> your tits are hanging out. And I mean, who would have thought? A white claw can could be sexy, or uh, the chick from the ring would be sexy, or fucking Pikachu, or like a fucking uh, Ewok. It's just, it's, and if you're in a weird costume, it just makes it that much better. If a hot chick walked in this wearing a sound that says, Julian, I'm your sister. Or fucking her. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, uh, I've never been in, as into it as you guys, but I mean, I like creepy shit. I love heavy metal, like Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, uh, Ozzy, like all the shit that you weren't supposed to listen to because they worship the devil. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, the most evil band of all time. <laughs> uh, if you've seen Little Nicky. Uh, <laughs> cool shit. It's It's... Christians are suck, so anytime you can rile them up, it's awesome. So, third or fourth best holiday. <laughs> you got St. Patty's Day, Fourth of July. So it's third. Okay, yeah, there we go. Okay, yeah. solid list. Fourth of July, St. Patty's Day, then hello. Right, because America. Yep, that's how it works. And drinking. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> they all involve drinking. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the best part of, of uh, take my favorite uh, Halloween tradition from a kid, add booze to it. That's my favorite tradition as an adult. 
This is why we always go to a bar on Halloween. Like, I never stay here to give out candy to trick-or-treaters. We just go to a bar because fuck those kids. I want a drink. There you go. Dressed as Kurt Russell from <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. Fuck yeah. Hell so yeah. I know we haven't mentioned that in a while, but that's my recommendation. It's the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> it's got Halloween-esque. Uh, it's batshit crazy, so yeah. Everything about it, it's got love, romance, uh, Halloween type shit. God. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Magic. Fucking mullets. <laughs> Sweet mullets. Yeah. yeah. It's the greatest movie of all time. Is there, is there a mullet that is not sweet? I've yet to see one. <laughs> I've never seen a non-sweet mullet. I, I mean, not, not on Kurt Russell. Uh, True. I've got the artwork on the wall that proves it. He does. It's pretty awesome. I'm it's working, literally called Mullets of Kurt Russell. Uh, I'm working on a theory that uh, your hairstyle is uh, a direct representation of the energy that your body has. Like dreadlocks are like up, like, like more tightly wound and uptight and free flowing mullets are just like the epitome of peace and tranquility. You're, you're a duality, the dwell of your right. soul. Cause it's right. It's business in the front party in the back. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, cause like, look like dog, the bounty hunter. Uh-huh. Perfect. Like he has that flowing mane of justice that is his sweet, sweet, nice mullet, and he seems like a pretty chill dude. So, once the mullet gets too far down your back, though, it's more like you're just a meth dealer and there to part. You're partying for three days at a time. I mean, at any point, if the bottom of your hair tickles your butthole, like you're pretty much you need to. You need to go ahead and get that taken care of. That's not an okay situation. So the mullet should be like the shoulders. At yeah, the, at oh, yeah. Long. yeah, shoulders is enough. Yeah, that's all I can. That's all I can. Uh, this is mulletology. Yeah, yeah, this has been your uh, your uh, dissection of a mullet. With your oh, that's as long as you want to go. Captain Ron. Oh, Captain Ron. Yeah. Oh, wow. Deep cut. That is a yeah. pretty deep cut. I like. It. We've talked about uh, the Dan Aykroyd Dragnet movie and Captain Ron. <laughs> this episode, like, we are hitting all of the deep cuts, and I love it. You're welcome, America. You're, you're <laughs> damn right. Oh man. So uh, basically, what I've learned from this episode is we have the Irish to thank for Halloween, and that's about it. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that's no, I, I like it when we do things that are not like traditional us, like the complete history of Halloween was a pretty good one. Uh, I like that because uh, it fits in with the spooky stuff, but also it's a little something. It's a little, yeah, it's a little, little slightly to the left of our normal, uh, normal conversation. So that's good. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Always happy to help. Yep. I like it. So uh, if you want more information about Halloween and like its roots and stuff, go get the Blu-ray of Trick or Treat and watch a lot of the bonus features uh, because the bonus features do a great job of describing the history of Halloween and how uh, some of that stuff was adapted for the movie Trick or Treat.
all the different traditions come from and whatnot. Yeah. It's really interesting. It really is. It's, it's a hodgepodge of so many different uh, uh, cultures and religions and uh, that have all kind of mashed together to become this thing we now know as Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, you know, we can dress up in nerd costumes and see uh, all the girls that we know let out their inner sluts. And it's okay because it's Halloween. It's just Halloween. It's fine. So no need to worry about it. Yep. Or as we call it, cosplay amateur night. Yeah. That, that is on uh, – that needs to be added to uh, cosplay bingo, which is a Halloween, <laughs> Halloween costume. Store about Halloween costume. Yeah, 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 we can do that. Yeah, that needs to be a, a square uh, during you know. I, I think Vet City Con will be the next time that we have a table. Uh, yeah, that that's fine. You you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I ain't hating on your kid. It's fine. It's all yeah. you got. It's all yeah. good. But I mean, uh, so help you God if you ever enter a costume contest that I'm a judge on with a fucking store bought Party City Avengers costume. No, I'm steampunk. Gonna, I'm going to make you feel bad. Steampunk is great if it's done right. The problem is no one does it right anymore. Uh, I feel steampunk, like... Jack Sparrow, and Han Solo mashup. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, dude. Yeah, stories stories from the con. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I feel like there's a there's a deep wound there that we opened up. Here's the... Okay, briefly. <sighs> Steampunk is like inspired by Jules Verne type shit, where it's it's look at super technology we have today, but reverse engineered that it's somehow all steam powered. Like if somehow we never evolved technologically past the steam engine, but we came up with all these cool things we have now. That's what steampunk is. So it's stuff like uh, again, like Jules Verne and Twenty Thousand Leagues on the Sea, and and yeah, um, Doc's time machine at the end of Back to the Future Three is like a steampunk time machine built around a train with like steam powered magnets and shit. That's steampunk. The problem with steampunk now is that that's not what it is. Steampunk now is I have a top hat with a gear on it, and I spray-painted a Nerf gun uh, copper. I'm steampunk. Bustier and a dress. I'm steampunk. No, like, I'm okay no, with that. No, you're not. You're turn of the century. That does not make you steampunk. Uh, if you have a costume that has no gear on it or, or like no uh, uh, props, you're just wearing like that's not steampunk. Is about the technology. Uh, it is given, you know, and then we have that that turned into uh, uh, diesel punk, which is the same thing, but only if we never evolved past like 1950s technology. So think uh, Fallout thing for diesel punk, um, which is another cool uh, uh, side thing of, of cosplay. But more often than not, what do you see? Somebody has the the vault suit costume that they bought from China and some spray painted Nerf guns. Very hard. Like that—that's what pisses me off about steampunk. Yeah, that's just lazy. Yeah, steampunk, when it's done right, can be awesome. The problem is, no one takes the time to do it right anymore. Uh, and and just wearing old timey turn of the century clothing does not make you steampunk. No, it's lazy. It's super lazy. <clears throat> but uh, it's not steampunk. No, no, it's not. Now, uh, really. Uh, if you want to talk about uh, steampunk, it starts and stops with uh, Becky Lynch, and or it used to. Which is why I refused to ever root for Becky Lynch until she did that stupid fucking gimmick. Yeah, she she changed. Yeah, she's she's different now, but she's the man, and now she's awesome. 
That is true. Hey, two belts. All right. Yep. All right. So I think uh, rant. Our Sorry. studio time is just about done now that we got John on the steampunk rant. I think that's a sure <laughs> sign that we're about done here. So uh, next week, I know we've already we've already pitched a topic for next week that I'm super excited about that uh, we're going to divvy up here eventually in the next few days. Uh, but stay tuned next week where we'll have uh, further updates on, uh, you know, the uh, the D.C. Defenders, the official XFL team of Talk Nerdy to Me, uh, our legal update uh, where they're Talk Nerdy to Me versus Matt Bevan. Uh, and. We'll see if uh, anybody wants to uh, like and share that Ghostbusters post anymore because, um, you know, they're slacking behind, and I think we're going to be safe. We'll see. The world will be safe. Yeah, 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 the world will not have to uh, watch that movie. Uh, There's been a couple people that are like, I need this in my life, and it's like, you no, you don't. You need that in your life like you need a, a dick on your forehead. Um, a hole in the head. Yeah, you you don't need it, but I I appreciate yeah, the, I appreciate the enthusiasm. But uh, well, you guys, thank you. That was a fun show, and um, you know we'll uh, we'll regroup. We'll uh, we'll take a couple of deep breaths after this uh, steampunk controversy, and we'll be back again next week with the special spooky Halloween intro as we inch a little bit closer to Halloween right here on. Talk spooky to me.